podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike. Episode sixty Woo-hoo. of the Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike. Uh, I am Mike, and I am very well. Uh, how are you, Hannah? Well, I'm still broken, but I'm less broken than last time we recorded. I'm limping back into the real world. <laughs> yes, hobbling and screaming back into the uh, into still, the real world. Still can't walk for more than about four minutes, and ended up having to give a friend of mine from school a very big leaning hug. Um, on the way back to the car because I nearly lost it. <laughs> wow. A friend of yours from school? Yeah. Um, she was walking Oh, towards... sorry, sorry. When you said a friend from school... Oh, no. You, uh, you thought from when yeah, I... Yeah, yeah. I'm, no, no, I'm, no. I'm just like, wow, was... that's a coincidence. No, no, I was on the school run. Oh, uh, right, so okay. I'd walked the kids as far as I could, said goodbye to them, and I was walking back to the car and... and my back was just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And she was walking the other way and she went, hi, how are you? Oh, I'd give you a hug. I said, oh, I'll have a hug. And I just like, just basically leaned on her for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's friendship right there, isn't it? But uh, yeah, so, um, well, I mean, one thing that you don't have to stand up to do is watch television, which works out Indeed. well, because that's what we are... Uh, segueing into doing this evening yeah. um, and uh, we are continuing onwards through season three episode 10 the mid-season break episode so this episode aired just before christmas in 2015 i think and the next episode after this i think started up in march the following year i think that's the standard uh thing for uh for agents of shield i think that's how their seasons work um so uh yes hannah tell us about the episode we're discussing this evening so this is episode 10. It's called Mavith. Mavith. Which makes me think it's Mavis the, with the, 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 the rural juror. Now, the, the, one, the one that cracks me up as well is, and the, the, a writer from this TV show is actually on a podcast I listen to, and every week when they introduce him, they make fun of how difficult to say out loud the name of his show is. It's the Terminator TV series. It's called the Sarah Connor Chronicles. <laughs> and it's written, every time the guy introduces him, he fucks it up and he's like, why did you have to give your TV show such a stupid name? He's like, I know. He's like, he's like, nobody said it out loud until like we'd been started promoting the show. And somebody yeah. was like, guys, you didn't realise this is like hard to say. <laughs> like, because they, don't, they did it all through memos and emails, but that's, uh, that's the thing. But anyway, yes, we were talking about Maveth. Maveth. <laughs> Ma- Mavis, uh, is it maybe Staples was in that documentary? Mavis Staples. Um, oh my god, um, <laughs> it's one of those, isn't it? Um, Let me tell you a bit about it. Yeah, please do. Okay, so synopsis says: Shield battles Hydra head to head, which sees Coulson and Fitz take the ultimate risk, while Daisy and the Inhumans try to keep Hydra at bay. The ultimate risk. The curry I had this evening was the ultimate risk. It is directed by Vincent Massiano. Oh, yes. And written by Jeffrey Bell. Okay, gosh, big guns. Before we get into the episode, though, um, we have had many, many emails. Excellent. Well, four, which is many, many for us. Many, many. Um, 
And what is that email address, Hannah, just for people who want um, to... Uh, don't ask me that because I couldn't tell you. It's a Rewatch Project Podcast, I think. Yes, Rewatch Project Podcast at gmail.com. Fantastic. And what are our Twitter and Instagram handles? Um, Rewatch Proj. And also a quick reminder that we are part of the Pod Syndicate Podcast Network, which is wearepodsyndicate.com. So go over there and check out those shows too. Okay. Um, the first little email well message is actually a youtube comment oh, okay um from jack dubs cool hello jack um this was in response to our last episode closure that was a good one uh right so he says uh ros was always destined to die by brackets at most episode 10 of the season constant zimmer was on a brief hiatus from her regular gig a tv show called unreal and so was only available up to the point uh, said show went back into production. I liked the character, and I especially loved seeing Constance Zimmer continue to be an enthusiastic ambassador for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. years after her character was killed off. It's nice when people do that, because it's... I, I prefer, when it comes to how people feel about franchises, I prefer if they're... As long as they're genuine, what I hate is when people do the kind of the social media thing. It's almost like it's just part of the marketing of the show to be into it and you know doing like you know your carpool karaoke and all that bullshit yeah. um i prefer people to either be like harrison ford who's just completely doesn't give a shit and doesn't pretend to care yeah um like one of my favorite stories was um john Boyega uh, when they were making the force awakens and he ran up to harrison ford and was like oh, i've got this action figure of you that i've had since i was a kid would you sign it and harrison ford put his, john Boyega said to harrison ford put his hand on the shoulder his shoulder and said look it's like look kid I say this with all due respect, but don't be so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Just turn around and walk up. And I thought, oh, that's like a great... Or you've got people who are genuinely enthusiastic about it. Like like Patrick Stewart's a good one. The fact that he's always gets pissed off when people sort of talk down about Star Trek and stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, so he's, and, and particularly somebody who's only in the show for a, a small run of episodes like this. Um, I think that that's um, it shows a good character, a yeah, good taste absolutely. as well. Yeah, hokey cokey. Uh, our next email is from Aaron. Aaron from Vegas. Ah, yes, I knew Aaron was an Aaron from somewhere, some person. Um, right. So he said. Hi. Although I do prefer Aaron. Aaron oh. is my uh, is my pronunciation, well, but it's a bit of a fine. cashew cashew. I can't remember which one I say now. You got me so confused. Okay. Hi, rewatchers. Aaron from Vegas here again. Hello, Thanks. Aaron. Thanks for reading my email about cancel culture. Um, just oh, saw you had dropped another edition of the podcast, so thought I would give some feedback. Have really enjoyed your recent episodes, and I am loving watching AOS through your eyes. Like a lot of shows, now it is not on the air anymore. The discussion has gone quiet around it, so it's nice to hear you guys talking it up. There are rumblings that elements of the show might be returning. I was curious what your thoughts are on that. Also, I have heard you speak about Star Trek and was wondering what you think of the current slate of shows and where you would take the film series if you had your way. I enjoy the new shows but Lower Decks is by far my favourite as it feels the closest to the 90s Trek shows I loved and just has such an affectionate positive vibe to it. A true comfort watch show as you would say. I was surprised a bit like the Orville how much heart it has and how much I became invested with the characters. Keep up the great work and keep the episodes coming or there will have to be some fisty, punchy, handy fighting. Oh, that's a bit Aaron. dark. Nice. 
Hannah reference there. Love it. Yeah. Oh, although, gosh, so that is accurate. Watching through our eyes as well. I mean, I've got, that gives me a dark mental picture. You know? <laughs> uh, only <have laughs> um, but uh, I should not sing that creepily because that was actually our wedding song. It was. It was. <laughs> well, no, but all of those fifties songs shibab. have a slightly kind of mysterious quality about them. Don't but anyway, that's not what uh, Aaron, Aaron. I'm going to stick to my guns. Uh, wants to talk about so. Um, yeah, You're going to have to send a voicemail, Aaron, and, and say your name so we know how it's Yeah, yeah, what's your... Pro- or, or, yeah, or at least tell us what your, your preferred uh, pronunciation is. It's funny, uh, the, big, the first part of the email, he mentions the, the fact that when a show goes off the air, the discussion drops. And it's funny, I was talking to... Um, God, I can't remember his name now. The guy, a guy who runs a series of conventions called Armageddon in New Zealand. They're like the, they're like the Comic-Con of New Zealand. They're the big... Yeah. Um, genre conventions and they they're all over the country i think i think he does them in australia as well and i i had him on another podcast that i do a while ago and was chatting to him and, and i was saying to him like you know what's the big and this was probably two years ago i said what's the big current fandom um in convention culture because yeah. sometimes what you'll find is like babylon 5 is a good example of this a show that's actually not that big but has a really heavy presence in fan um, venues and environments yep. and at the time he said that it was um, Supernatural the American sort of right. genre show and what he was saying though um, it had just I think it had just aired his last episode <laughs> and he said the thing that amazes him is how quickly fan communities just vanish Yeah, he said and then what you'll find is a few years later a a, a hardcore will come back up who go back and kind of discover the show. Twin Peaks is a great example of that. Yeah. But Twin Peaks fandom now is it's quite a small fandom if you compare it to things like Star Trek and stuff like that. Um, but that's the but hardcore. It's, it's very uh, loyal. It's very loyal, very vociferous. Mm. And I think that happens with all shows. I think that there's a point where the show ends and even the loyalist fans are kind of like, you know, almost like more, they're mourning the show. Yeah. And then what you tend to find is it gets rediscovered and then it becomes a cult show yeah you know like the prisoner or something like that and i think that um agents of shield is now getting to that point where i think because um of streaming and um you know just people can watch stuff when they want yeah and we've said before that the agents of shield kind of benefits from being watched from being being, being binge watched to a certain extent yeah definitely um Although it wasn't, you know, originally released like that, I think it's that that's helping it. But uh, sorry, could you remind me what were there were there questions or? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, firstly, he said about um, there are rumblings that elements of the show might be returning. I was oh, curious yes. what your thoughts are on that. I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, it keeps. It's funny. It's. I know, that but then I I don't seek it out because there's been a lot of push and pull about you know how much canon it is. Whether there was a point where. Marvel started to separate themselves from the TV shows, but it looks like maybe they're bringing them back because elements of Daredevil um, were in um, the recent Spider-Man film and, and were also in Haw- the Hawkeye TV series as well. Um, but, I mean, my feeling is that I think that when the characters show up, if the characters show up, I think it will be small. Yeah, like I, I, I know that there's the secret, is it secret invasion or secret wars? One of the new Marvel shows that's coming up is the one set in space with, um, it's starring Ben Mendelsohn as the character who played in Captain Marvel and um, Samuel L. Jackson. Right. 
Um, and it's basically, it's the it's Agents of Sword who have a space version of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. And um, I feel like I could imagine maybe... Spoilers, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's a good idea, actually. Oh, no, it's okay. I'll just let off a spoiler klaxon before that, I'll say for the next 30 seconds or something. Yeah. Um, actually, no, I'll just edit that. But I could imagine characters from S.H.I.E.L.D. showing up in that show yeah. in a... If you don't know who they are, they're just um, sort of person helping uh, Fury number two. Yeah. Uh, or just a recurring kind of like, you know, bridge officer or something. Yeah. I can imagine but it being But if you do like, know them, you're kind of like, oh, I But don't know. my thinking is, if, if I think in an odd way, I think if any character, and I'm not saying whether this character survives the show or not, because this is Marvel, they can do whatever mm. they want. Yeah. I feel like if any character was going to show up in something else, I don't know why, but I feel like it would be May. I feel like Ming yeah. Na Wen has got a lot of. Um, she's doing very well at the moment, um, her career. Yeah. And I feel like that's a character that you could transplant really easily into one yeah. of the other shows. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the shows, you know, they're not they're not working in linear times. So, yeah. like you, you say, it's not a spoiler, it isn't. Mm. Because, um, you know, they're all set. Well, in the Black Widow movie came out. Three films after her character got killed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so I mean, yeah, yeah. And I could also, I could almost imagine. I mean, Coulson, I could see coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whether they acknowledge anything to do with the TV show, or whether it's just Coulson from Phase One of MCU. Hey, he's not dead anymore. You know, character. Yeah. Um, but I can see that. I mean, the other, the other thing as well is, is that you know the. I know that um, in the countries. Because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't on Disney Plus in every territory. Um, I know that there was a, a big sort of story relatively recently that in the countries that it is on Disney Plus, it's the most watched Marvel show. More people watched it than Loki. Yeah. Or these shows that they've spent... I mean, an, epi- an episode of Loki probably costs the same amount of money as like half a season. So I, I think that the, the other thing is, I think almost more likely than characters from the show returning in other shows I think that the more likely option is that the show could return yeah um, because if it's if it's doing well for Disney Plus and I know Disney Plus are slowly getting the rights back to all their TV shows like Daredevil and all those shows are coming back to going yeah. on to Disney Plus those ones that were on Netflix so I wouldn't be surprised if they just fucking cranked the machine up and just did another couple of seasons of the show that's not beyond reason no you know? absolutely uh, right uh, he says was wondering what you think of the current slate of Star Trek shows and where you would take the film series if you had your way. Oh, fucking hell. Um, I'll talk first because yeah. I'll go... Yeah, and I'll try and keep it short because I know yeah. we've got other emails. Okay, so um, I, I absolutely love the, um, the latest Star Trek shows. I can't personally get on board with Lower Decks and that's completely my issue not anything to do with the actual show but I have a really hard time engaging with animated content I just I find it hard to push past and think of it as anything other than a kid show um yeah so so you've never watched like Family Guy or The Simpsons yes yes I have I have watched and enjoyed Simpsons Family Guy Archer what makes them different I don't know I don't know but they're all shows that I gave up and have no wish to continue on watching them. Yeah. Um, whereas 
other shows that I've really loved, I've always gone back. I and guess I mean, them. it's like a lot of people are like that about sci-fi. Yeah, uh, musicals is a big one as well. A lot of people just can't get on with musicals. Like yeah. people singing, it's just what you know. But I mean, it's like you with anime. Like you, you wish that you were more into it because there's so much content. Yeah. I wish that I could like it because you know all I've heard is so such positive things about it. Yeah. Um, I love Discovery. Yeah. I love how inclusive it is. Um, Picard, the first season was amazing. We watched the first... I really liked this week's episode. Yeah, the first episode of season two was great. It felt like a movie. Um, uh, I can see I'm going to be saying Q's a real dick a lot. I think we're going to get dark dark Q. I don't think we're going to get funny impish Q in this season. Yeah, I don't like Q. He's well, he's a he's, or dark. Yeah, but he's he's a character. Dev- he's a plot device more yeah. than a character. Oh, absolutely. It's what comes out of what he does. Yeah. He kind of comes in, creates a situation, and then vanishes. He's not. He's he's like um. He's he's like a what is he's Loki. He's a yeah. Loki character. Yeah, yeah. Um. But you know, I've always struggled with his character. Um. But uh, yeah, I I think they are coming up with some amazing storylines, amazing direction. Um, it's really great to see like a new group of characters coming in and really taking hold of things. Well, I think the thing was for you... It'd be really good for you to get Evan Evagora on again um, since you spoke to him. Mm. Um, well, yeah, and you had him... You did a YouTube interview. Mm. Jay's got a nickname for me. Has he? You know what he calls me every time I speak. What? Legend. He's like, hey, Legend. <laughs> no idea where that came from, but I'll take it. <laughs> I think it's an Aussie thing, maybe. Does but, he remember your name, or is he? Uh... Yeah, but that might be it. That might be it. Yeah, he's like, hey, you. <laughs> no, but, but um, that's really cool. Well, it's funny because I think you know, what you were saying though about you know new group of characters and stuff is that I, I think one of the things that's nice about the new Star Trek is that neither of us have seen it. Because yeah. obviously, Hannah and I, the, the great '90s sci-fi rewatch that we allude to quite often um a big part of that was the 90s star trek and i think that one of the things that hannah liked when discovery started was even the playing field i mean okay yeah you occasionally get a or oh, what's this from and if it's if it's a reference to the original 60s series often yeah. that hannah won't get that yeah um but if it's a reference to next gen more often than or that sort of more often than not you, you get it so it was nice to have a new weekly star trek show that we could enjoy together without you feeling like you're on catch-up. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where can you see the film series going, if you um, had your Well, way? can I say what I think of the shows? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I really like all of them. Um, I, I re- uh, the Discovery I really like purely because I just think it's doing... It's funny because the the although in the 90s there was loads of Star Trek, like, I mean, I remember people saying, and I agree with this, that the peak year for Star Trek was 1994 mm. because you you had there was tons of merchandising like toy shops were full of Star Trek stuff you know yeah. there were books there were all these things um, the first Next Generation movie was coming out um, so you know that's got Kirk in it as well so you've still got the legacy era of Star Trek out there um, Next Gen had just come off the air Deep Space Nine and Voyager were both on the air yeah. um, you know the movies were doing really well um, the Star Trek Museum was touring, you know, Europe, and it just felt like. Um, and I was just like Sky One in England, which is like the main sort of cable channel. They have Star Trek on, like it, that would be on every night. Yeah. It was on BBC Two all the time. It just felt like everybody 
was watching Star Trek at that yeah. point. And they were kind of the golden years. Now, now we've got... I mean, this year, there's five Star Trek shows on the air. Five. It's and, insane. Um, and, but it's different to the 90s because what they're doing now, and I think this is really smart, is they've realised that no young people are getting into Star Trek. Because it yeah. used to be that Star Trek was all there was. But now, you know, you've got all this new shiny. So what they've done is they're like, right, okay, we'll have five Star Trek shows on the air at all times. And then that way, that means there's an, ep- an episode of Star Trek on at least every week for the whole year. Yeah. And what they've done is they've broken it down demographically. Yeah. So they've said, right, we're going to look at all the major age groups and make sure that they've all got a Star Trek show. And then you're going to get the, you know, the, the, the test card Star Trek fans like me who will watch everything. Mm. Um, so you've so on the air at the moment, you've got Star Trek Prodigy, um, which is a weekly CG animated show, kind of like the Clone Wars, the Star, Star Wars yeah. TV series. And that's on Nickelodeon. And that's aimed at kids. That's aimed at Philip. Right. And the idea of that is get the kids into Star Trek. Okay. And it's very much kind of... Um, moral lessons like there's a holographic Janeway on the crew of this crew of teenagers and they all learn something but it's it's basically the whole point of the show is to get kids into Star Trek and to introduce the kind of I guess the the Gene Roddenberry elements of Star Trek yeah that kind of um, leftist um, um, hippie um, humanism kind mm-hmm. of element to it you've got Lower Decks which is basically um, Rick and Morty yeah. For Star Trek fans. But really, what Lower Decks is for, that's for the 90s Star Trek fans. That's the... If you want to see uh, references to obscure side characters from really shit episodes of season one of Next Gen, yeah. if you're the sort of Star Trek fan who gets that sort of shit, then you, you that's your show. You've got Picard, which is basically the adult, I suppose, character drama. Yeah. You know? Um, and... Then you've got Discovery, which is basically the action-adventure show. Yeah. That's the TV show for the people who, I guess, really, who liked the J.J. Abrams Star Trek films. Yeah. It's the big shiny. It's got that feel. But it really pushes hard, and I mean this in a positive sense, the um, diversity element. Yeah. um, It's got a largely gender, sexuality, and racial minority creative crew. Yep. And then the new, the other show, uh, the fifth of the ones that starts in May, is Strange New Worlds, which is the um, Anson Mount series set oh, on the yeah. Enterprise. Yeah. Uh, the one that was set up at the end of season two. And what that show is, which is going to be interesting, is it's a return to um, Adventure of the Week, right. Star Trek. Yeah. Um, like people who've seen it the are boldly set, going yeah. and boldly a, a lot of people are comparing it to on. yeah a lot of people are comparing it to the Orville yeah in the sense that it feels very much like um, the next generation or Voyager it's yeah. a kind of a they go they get on a planet they get an adventure and then at the end they're all sitting around and it's, it's a very the traditional occasional two-parter where I don't think they're going to make yeah yeah it. exactly and, and you know like all modern shows the idea is that they'll be um, you know they'll, there'll be some continuity but really, it's going to be that kind of... Um, you can just w- dip in and out. It's, mm. it's, it's the one that my mom will probably a end bit, up liking. A bit like the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Off, you know? so, so I think that in some ways, um, that's the Dark Horse show. Yeah. I think that's the one that... Because they're all doing well. I mean, they're all the most watched shows on Paramount+, Plus, which is the streaming service that they're, that they're made for. Um, but I've got a f- I've got a funny feeling that Strange New Worlds could be the breakout one. Yeah. Because it just you could see, 
it, it appeals it, to the mums. It's just it's it's a it's a Star Trek show. Yeah, you know, in the very traditional sense of the yeah. word. But uh, as far as the movies goes, I haven't got a fucking clue. I mean, I know that they're they've just announced. I think that this when did just out of curiosity when was this email sent? Twenty um, fifth of February. Oh, okay. Yeah, since then. <laughs> Um, J.J. Abrams has announced that they're doing a fourth film with his cast. Oh, okay. Um, which he surprised me. I thought that was just that was a, that was gone. Um, but I guess uh, you know I don't know. My, my feeling is I'd like to see them just do something completely different. I'd like to yeah. see them come up with a. I'd like to see them do something. It's funny if you go to a Star Trek fan and say, "What's the present day in Star Trek terms?" You'll get a different because Voyager set a thousand years in the, uh, yeah. afterwards. My feeling is the present day. I think in Star Trek is when Prodigy set and when Picard set. Yeah. Because if you think about the fact that that set thirty years after Deep Space Nine, which was the last Star Trek that was on the air, so to me that's the present day in Star Trek. Yeah. So I'd like to see a new crew in that era. I tell yeah. you what, I'd like to see. I'd like to see, um, spoiler alert for nobody who's seen um, the new season of Picard, you know, the stargaze of a ship that Rios has got at the beginning. Yeah. I'd, I'd watch that. I'd yeah. watch that crew um, in yeah. a, you know, post-next-gen era. Like a, so essentially a next-gen next era for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Um, on a new ship going out and doing movies like First Contact. Yeah. And Generations. First Contact so, is a great You know, that, that, that's what I'd like to see. Yeah. Cool. That's not okay. what they'll do. <laughs> um, thank you for your email, Aaron. It's always good to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Right. This one's called Late Night in Dublin. Mm. Hello, Mike and Hannah. Frank in Dublin here. I am working overnight in my security job, and I listen to your show, amongst others, to keep myself amused during these long shifts. I am now up to date with your podcast, so figured I would use the time to write in. Have really enjoyed listening to you two and definitely plan on being here for the long haul. Hey, Solid. Um, I haven't listened to your Watchmen episodes yet, but we'll definitely put some time aside to watch the show and listen along. Ah, you will enjoy. Really hope you dip into the 90s sci-fi bag at some point as you two seem to have fun with that era and those shows are so much more rewatchable than a lot of modern shows that are, as you mentioned, obsessed with secrets and don't really offer that much in other areas making them a fun one watch but nothing more good point Mike mentioned Babylon 5 being remade I was wondering what other TV shows you think would be interesting to remake I only ask as people have this discussion about films but really TV I would be interested to see some of the classic Doctor Who episodes get remade as their ambitions sometimes outstrip their resources yeah that's a good call I'm sure there are those who would say it is blessed for me though Keep on rocking and speak soon, Frank. Cool. Thank you, Frank. It's um, great to hear from a new listener. What other TV shows you think would be interesting to remake? Wow, that's a really tricky one. And he's right that people tend to talk about that. In I guess it's that TV shows kind of get rebooted more than re- been, than been remade, don't yeah. they? But I think it's interesting because you mentioned Doctor Especially Who. Especially if it's a beloved show like Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of, I suppose, because the Doctor changes so regularly, mm. I think part of it would be hard to get the audience on board that 
that these are the same episodes. We're just redoing them. Well, uh, what, what's an interesting one, though, is that a lot of the old Doctor Who episodes have been lost. Have they? Because the BBC, they would record over. They, they'd, oh, they'd, really? they'd film stuff, broadcast it, and then they would wipe it. Um, so some stuff that made it out. So, yeah, so there's loads of episodes of classic Doctor Who that they've only got the audio for. Oh. So they'd be interesting ones to to remake because, first of all, you you've still got the audio, so Just you from could an archival point. Yeah, of view. so you could actually get people to you could ADR the audio onto it. I mean, I, I know I think some of them have actually been done as animations, right? Um, but I think those ones, I think there's a, a legitimate case to remake them because the scripts have been made. Um, and you could do that. I, I think you have to ask yourself. I mean, th- there's a lot of different reasons to remake things. There's the most common ones are um, because they're not in English; they're foreign. Yeah. Um, and you know that that's, or that vice versa. Going yeah. yeah. The other reason, as well, is obviously for commercial reasons. Um, well, you have the whole British going to American. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like. The office being an obvious example, yeah, and like faulty towers. The and- problem, the problem with that, is like for the office specifically, and I believe this was the case with the IT crowd. When like the first season of the of the US Office is a straight remake yeah. of season one of the UK Office. Yeah. I started watching the US remake of it from the pilot episode having seen the original yeah and it was so it wasn't good the minute that they broke away and had their characters develop how they wanted them to i mean that show is fabulous and i have watched and rewatched it loads of times it's still one of the most watched, watched tv shows in the always world, from it? season two i never watched season one ever yeah um, and I, you know, I like the British one, but I prefer the US one. Yeah. And I think that's where you've got to be careful. Like, it, it's almost better, I think, if you were to remake a TV show, it would have to be one that didn't quite work first time round. But well, there was potential in it. Well, it has to be something. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where the Doctor Who thing comes from, is the fact that the, the production values. Yeah. But those scripts were so great, you know. Um, but then you get into the issues. I think one show, I think the other reason to do it is to update something from a cultural, sociological perspective. Yeah. Like I've always said, like a load of times, that there's no reason to to ever reboot The X-Files or The Twilight Zone. And the reason I say that is that on the surface, doing a new version of the X-Files seems to make sense because the whole point of the X-Files was that it was about what in the world scares us. Yeah. And in the 90s, that was our own government mm. and conspiracies. Now, it's social media and technology. Yeah. But you've got, like, Black Mirror yeah. that does that. I mean, mm. 21st century X-Files is basically Black Mirror. Yeah. So you kind of don't need to do that. But I think one show that would be really interesting from a sociological perspective to do now, to reboot now, would be Buffy. From a gender perspective, yeah, I think having because when Buffy came out, the idea of the screaming cheerleader, who's usually the victim in horror films, actually being the empowered one—that's not as powerful anymore because we're mm. so, um, you know, every franchise now has been feminized, yeah, um, or diversified, however you want to look at it. But I think that it, it would be interesting to see Buffy made now. Or whether, you know, 
would it work? Or would it just end up being um, too soapboxy? You know, because Buffy never really was. It was always there. The gender yeah. element was there, but it was very rarely actually discussed. I think now that would be much more explicit and less yeah. subtextual. Yeah. But I'd be interested to see how that would be done there. And I, I, I'm pretty sure that if this was made now, um, and I don't have any opinion on this, but I, I think it would probably be a woman of colour playing Buffy. Yeah. Oh, if it was 100%. made now. It would almost need to be. But but the thing about Buffy, though, was always, and I think that this is something that, that people forget, is the idea that on the surface she was somebody who had everything. Yeah, she was a cheerleader. She was, you know, pretty blonde-haired girl. She was yeah. all this, you know. So the idea that her life would be difficult is, um, you know, just at odds with uh, yeah. Her her, her the perceptions of her privilege were central to the character. Yeah, you know, and I think that would probably get removed for reasons of just how contemporary entertainment works. There are shows that just the to- they. Just the world we lived in is the reason that they work. Another example of that is, um, I say you couldn't do the X-Files now because it's already been done. It's just been reinvented as this other thing. Yeah. Shows like Dallas. Uh, you've now got things, shows like um, Yellowstone and Succession, which are essentially Dallas. Yeah. But edgier because they're on cable with swearing and sex and violence and all that kind of stuff. And but they're basically dynastic family dramas yeah. and they're the same thing so bringing Dallas back now and they did it a few years ago and it worked for, I really enjoyed that show but ultimately you, what you've got now is you've got these all of these shows that are made by people who grew up watching these shows yeah. and they've done their own versions of them so the problem there is that when you reboot these shows or remake them they end up looking like they're ripping off the things that were ripping them off you know I think <clears throat> with shows like that specifically Dallas and Dynasty and stuff, um, their mega popularity in the 80s is, it, I think, down more to, down to the fact that there was no... You didn't get a script leak or you didn't have that instant information of everything behind the scenes about it. So And everybody whole, watched TV shows at the same time. Exactly. Was, so who shot a- JR... Like it was a bit like in East Enders when Phil Mitchell gets shot. Yeah, that consumed, that nothing of that scale could happen. The now. whole country. Nothing of that scale could happen now. No, but like it would be amazing to see something sweep like that. Yeah. Like I would love to see what it would take for that to happen. The modern, the closest you're going to get to that now is things like the Tiger King. See. I, I never got into that because to that, me that would just felt like I felt sick at the thought of watching it. No, no, but but what I mean though is that that's the closest you're going to get. But even that was just this really sudden. Hey, have you watched this thing? And then it's gone. And it's because we were all locked down. Yeah. we had nothing else to well, do. Well, it's like Jason Fozzie Bear said that he's like, oh, if you watch Tiger King backwards, well, that stopped COVID <laughs> because it's like that's what it felt like. You know, yeah. it was like fucking Tiger King. <laughs> You, you brought COVID on us. <laughs> you realise that they, there's rumblings about them making another one. Oh, God. Well, there we go. What's next? Fucking hell. But, uh, Lockdown four, is it? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, so thank you for that, uh, Frank I, from Dublin. I can't think of any TV show that I would want remade. I mean, the obvious ones are things like the, like really old shows. I mean, The Twilight Zone's been remade a bunch of times. I think those stories work really well. But the problem is, whenever they're remade, they're just never done as well as the original. This is the thing. Like, 
I, I can think of shows that I would like to see return, um, but I would want it to be with the same character and flavour I think what we're going to see is we're going to see... Which is impossible. We're going to see a lot of things like... And, and he, I think Fran mentioned this, like the Babylon 5 remake, where basically the whole reason for making Babylon 5, and I think I said this the, the other week, the whole point of remaking Babylon 5 from a commercial perspective is the same reason that they do American versions of successful foreign films. Yeah. Because there are some people who can't get past certain things. Mm. And part of me is looking forward to seeing it and is interested, but the other part of me is like, fuck those guys. You know? Yeah, it's you like don't if deserve they, these amazing stories. If, yeah, it's like if you don't like it then, it's like, you know, you don't deserve... It's like the whole Chris Pratt you meme. You don't like me at my worst. Well, no, well, well, it's, it's, it's a Chris best. Pratt meme. It's like if you, don't, if you didn't, don't, didn't like me at my Andy Dwyer, you don't deserve me at my Star-Lord. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of hey, fair weather. Hey, I preferred weather. a bit of Andy Dwyer. Well, there you go. <laughs> and our last email is entitled Your Podcast. Mm. Hi there, Hannah and Mark. Wow. Um, Erica in Spain here, but originally from Boston. Big fan of your show, and hearing the emails read out has made me feel guilty for not mailing in. Yeah. Just uh, one thing, Erica, his name's Mike. <laughs> All right, Anna. <laughs> um, really enjoy your coverage of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I see that it is now joining the Netflix Marvel shows on Disney Plus across the rest of the world now. Oh, I didn't know that. Which means a lot more people will get to see it, which is awesome, and hopefully means you will get more listeners too. I hope so, Erica. Good, good timing, that is. That's dropping in America, fucking hell. Um, right. My husband is not into geeky stuff, so it's great to hear you two talk about this stuff. What are your interests outside of film and TV? Speak soon, Erica. Thank you so much for your email, Erica. I'm just um, funning you when I'm telling you telling you off about uh, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, um, hobbies outside of film and TV. Well, when my body is not broken, um, I would run a lot and do... She's an avid kayaker, aren't you? <laughs> I'd do crazy long walks. I'd go out, I'd do half marathon walks, so 21K, yep. probably th- three times a week, Bloody maybe. feast or famine for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I basically had just the worst run of luck and um got injured running so stopped running got better hurt my back this is ages ago um so just did gentle walking and stuff then we um i don't know got busy with work then uh you know one two skip a few broke my ankle it laid up uh for eight weeks with that then got my cast off and hurt my back about three weeks later and have not been able to walk more than five minutes at a time. Wow. Woo! Yeah, score. Film and TV are keeping me sane. I mean, <clears throat> podcasting for Mike and I is a bit like having a date night because yeah. we just, this is what we love to do together is sit down and chat shit and mm. um, take the piss out of each other. What else do I like to do? I don't know, drink gin. Uh, <laughs> Go out with my friends. Um, I Long have, walks on the beach. <laughs> I have a great group of um, friends and we catch up for lots of board game nights. I'm an avid Yahtzee player um, and Ticket to Ride and all those crazy, crazy games. Um, but, you know, Mike's got far more hobbies than me. 
Well, uh, I mean, mine's all geeky stuff. I mean, I'm I'm probably as into music as I am films and TV. Maybe not quite as much these days because, um, you know, being a family man and also living in New Zealand, uh, the opportunity to like go to gigs and things like that isn't what it was in the yeah. UK. Um, but music's a big one for me. And I don't know what been. you're talking about. You've been to see the Wiggles. <laughs> yeah, the Wiggles and Springsteen are the only two gigs I've seen in the whole yeah. time I've been in New Zealand. Whereas, like, <laughs> I, I'd have seen more gigs than that, like in a month in the UK. Well, there uh, was one year, one year in um, in the UK where you you saw Springsteen, what three times in the same year? It was it was over three two years. It was, it was, was it? It was three times. Yeah, it was two thousand and. <laughs> 12 and 2013 but um but anyway um yeah so music's a big one for me i still i mean i i like a lot of different types of music i always have um i mean i i was always in bands in my sort of teenage years and 20s and early 30s maybe yeah um and i still record music on the internet friends i've been doing that sort of just you know this last week or so and um the I suppose the other thing for, for mood music as well is that I still quite like listening to sort of new music and finding new music. Mm-hmm. My other interest as well, and this is another one that's quite difficult to sort of indulge when you're a uh, a parent, you know, money, all that kind of stuff. I've always had a penchant for retro. Like I, I like, I have an interest in like vintage electronics, um, vintage like furniture. If it's um, old, Mike I, 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 I'm never happier than when I'm in If a, it smells musty, <laughs> you'll find Mike. I, I'm never happier than when I'm in like a sort of, not an antique shop, but just kind of like an old, you know, like flea market junk shop kind of thing, just going through and finding old stuff. And like, um, like for example, um, hacking old video game consoles. I never play them. Yeah. But I like the challenge of being able to get this thing and kind of take it apart a little bit and figure out how to get it to do certain things and when I go to like sci-fi conventions I don't do cosplay or go to the talks I just looking around love looking around the stores and going I remember this or I, yeah. I seen this or and even stuff that's sort of before my I think it's an aesthetic thing before my um, like I'll spend hours on the internet just looking at old 1950s and 60s cigarette advert posters and airline posters and you know, all of that kind of uh, post-war, mid-century kind of... I've I've always maintained that, that Mike should have been an adult in the 60s and early 70s. Yeah, but I fall asleep listening to Frank Sinatra every yeah. night, you know? And there's something about... Not that time then, because I know it was a fantasy, but the idea of um, post-war futurism, you know, where you'd see how... You know, families in the fifties in America thought that you know we were all we were going to have like you know monorails and yeah. what the family home was going to look like. It, and if, there's just something about if that. If it that was just... up to Mike, our family home would be velvet wallpaper, lots of wood. No, I, 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 it, it, in all seriousness, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't want to live in a house like that. You know, but. I'm not going to lie. I'd, li- I'd, I'd like to have a room that was like that, that I could just go and curl up in. <laughs> You've also um, filmed a, a documentary. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, so Mike started filming that just before I 2014. Got... No, 2013. Yeah, so uh, started filming it just before I got pregnant with our daughter. And um, I remember... I think you see where this is going. Well, I remember you and I saying, oh... You said to me, "I've got to get all the filming done before 
Chloe's worn, yeah. um, and then all I have to do is edit it. Um, it's, Filming's easy, it, but it's still to be edited. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one day, hopefully, that'll come out. Yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, <laughs> the, the the thing is, doing things like videos for podcasters take. I mean, you can't do both. No. It's like I struggle to find the time to edit the podcasts. Yeah. And I think that to finish that film, I would have to abandon all of the things. And the thing I like about podcasting is the social element to yeah. it. And it's a quick hit. Yeah. You know, it's like you can go in, you record it, and then you put it out. And you've got something, you've got something that's out there in the world, and you can see it on Spotify and YouTube, yeah. and it's it's there. Yeah. Whereas, like, um, you know, you could get rid of all of that and then spend a year editing this thing, and then you've got this two-hour thing that you put out, and that's it. But I think you'll you'll get to it at some point. Not until the kids are older, I don't think. But it's it's but not going will, anywhere. You've got it at some point. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. And I still do. I mean, I'll, I'll go through like a burst. Like I had a, I had a really good month about six months ago, where I did loads on it, and I've yeah. still got it all. It's it's a bit of a patchwork, but it's almost like I'm like right, okay. I know I know that the, the documentary's got going to be. I know that this is going to be the structure. I know the first five minutes are going to be this. The second five minutes are going to be this. And I've got this sort of, you know, spreadsheets and the plan for it all. And every so often I'll have a really productive week or month and I'll do one of those five minutes. Yeah. And I've got a bunch of those five minutes done now. Yeah. But sooner or later I'll get the last one done and then I've just got to put it together and I'll be like, oh, it's done. But, you know, <laughs> that's not happening at the moment. I mean, you're laid out. Yeah, and, no, it's uh, not happening at the moment. You know, I mean, uh, we, we've... We've basically got enough time to to live and then have maybe an hour, hour and a half in the evening and then that's it. And, you know, let's be perfectly honest, our kids are being real dicks about going to bed. Oh, probably. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going for a So, um, yeah, like, it's kind of precious time. We've, we've, we've lost an hour most most nights this week yeah, as well. Yeah. So that's, that's Just the with the... Oh, I'm thirsty. Oh, something scared me. Oh, I just need another hug. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm thirsty again. Oh, my bedroom's on fire. <laughs> you know, just all this constant complaining. But the, the, oh, the, the, thing, the, the funny thing is, about, about, that's about, what our son said to yeah. us one day. Oh, I'm walking in slow motion. I can't go to bed. <laughs> but the, I mean, the other thing about hobbies as well that's funny is that I've said this before, and I will wrap this up soon because we're nearly an hour in and I haven't even started watching the episode yet. Um, but. One thing that's funny is, and this is a very UK thing, New Zealand is really different, and I think America is. In the UK, you're either a sports person or a geeky person. It's yeah. very rare that you find somebody who's into both. Either you're into sports, yeah, or you're into music and art and books and film and TV, and you think that sports are a bit sort of thuggish. Whereas in New Zealand, sports runs through the whole culture yeah and there's people i know in new zealand who are really into sports and when i talk to them i'm like if you were english you wouldn't be in sports yeah you know like really kind of um unsporty seeming people so that's that, that's a, so i've never really been into sports i played sports at school and i wasn't bad i was never like i wasn't like the you know the last kid to be getting picked yeah i was just fucking bored to tears by it yeah um and so, you know, I was always more into living in my imagination. So I guess that's a big... Um, and it's funny as well, because you see that. You see people... People have got the geeky urge. And a lot of people, they'll put that into their sports. They'll have the Fantasy Football League. They'll do... Well, Paul, the, your other podcast, yeah. my podcast uh, counterpart, mm. um, 
is very into sports yeah. as well as film and stuff. Yeah. Um, but he's like that. He 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 is militant about it. Like yeah. he watches everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and the impulses are very similar. It's just that. I've always, and this is going to sound really shitty, but I'll see it. It's like when I will go around to like you know friends um, barbecues or whatever, and you'll see a lot of the guys will be talking about you know lawn mowers and uh, sports and stuff like that. And I've always, and this is this does sound really condescending, and I know um, it's you know, sounds very least, but I've always thought sports are designed to give people who lack imagination something to talk about. <laughs> seriously I really genuinely believe that it's like people who don't have the time or the energy to have you know meaningful conversations about you know what it means to be a parent and love and art and all of these sort of things it's like well let's give them sports well, and then they can say oh you know bloody as you see I was trying to think of an example of sports and I was going back to like the 70s 70s golf I was going oh that that Nick Faldo was robbed wasn't he <laughs> I, I think that that's Extremely condescending. <laughs> yeah, I know it and, is. And quite frankly, when I go to a barbecue, I don't want to fucking talk about what it is to be a parent and fucking. No, 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 no. But, like but I know. It, I wanted, it's I a male, to turn my brain off when and you go, get, yay, let's have a gin and tonic. It's really like, common. Did you see the rugby last night? It's really night? common. A, a really common scenario for adult men is to be in a social situation where you've got loads of men t- together who only really know each other because of their wives and kids. Yeah. And sports, for a lot of men, particularly in New Zealand, where sports is hugely ubiquitous, is a safety net. Yeah. It's like the weather. Yeah. You know, it gives you something sports to... Sports or Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Every barbecue. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 but, and they have similar functions. Yeah, you know? yeah, It's a common thing that you can talk about. But I've always felt that sports is just such a arbitrary... Because it's so... It's like talking about maths. It's like... Okay, well, that, that's it's just something that happened, and you can say, well, they they won, didn't they? But <laughs> whereas there's, there's no, no, you're wrong because you're not a fan of it. You mm. can't see all the in- intricacies. Oh, I know just the intricacies. Like, of course, there is. Just just because, like, it, you know, someone could hear you talking about films or something and go, "Fuck, he's always banging yeah. on about no, no. goddamn films." I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad. No, but the other thing is as well, though, uh, is one thing I pride myself on is I never. And I think I'm a pretty good people person. My job is being a people person. I know when to do that and when not to. Yeah. I don't just assume that people no, are into no, it. And I know people, I've yeah. got geeky friends who will do that. Yeah. They'll walk up to people they hardly know and be like, oh, have you seen a new Star Wars film? And I'll just be cringing. I'll be like, dude, they don't <laughs> care. Just fucking read the room. Um, but Yes, I, but, no, you, you do read the room. You know, yeah. And what the thing with sports, particularly if you're a male, is... Everybody, assume, unless they know otherwise, to assumes into you're yeah. into it. Yeah, no, that and, is true. And again, in New Zealand, that's probably a pretty fair assumption. Yeah. But the problem there is that, that if you're not, that puts you into an awkward situation. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it instantly puts you into an outsider status. Yeah. And one of the things is to, because um, obviously I'm, you know, I haven't lived here all my life. Um, British. And, and, uh, it is that one of the things that I think make, is difficult for a, ma- a male, particularly a 40-something male, to break into new social groups in New Zealand is, is, is the ubiquity of sports. Yeah, if, It's almost like if you don't have that, there's, all, there's always going to be a slight outsider status. And I think that that's an interesting thing with hobbies that's different in the UK. Because in the UK, it's kind of like you. it's much more of a... Um, 
a pack mentality. It's much more of a, oh, you've got your goths, you've got your music fans, you've got your sports people, uh, you've got um, you know uh, people whose interests are academic and... Whereas in New Zealand, there isn't that much of a division between those things. Do you know, twice in this conversation, I thought you said hobbits instead of hobbies. <laughs> you know what, maybe I did. Right, Hannah, we've been going on for a real long right. time here. We've um, got to talk about Maveth. Yes, we have got to, let's, let's, let's watch some Maveth. So Thank we're gonna... you so much, Erica. Um, what are your interests? I've right there. Not oh, you. you were, sorry, you, were looking, you looked at me and went, what are your interests? So what was I supposed to think of it? Because I just said, thank you so yeah. much, Erica. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah. you went like this. You went, thank you so much, Erica. <laughs> what are your interests? <laughs> <laughs> Erica, what are your interests? <laughs> That's better. Email me back. Yes, we want to know. Tell me everything. Uh, okay, so uh, we are going to hit pause on the recording. We're going to watch this episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and then we are going to come back and do a non-spoiler review. So, so uh, well, we will spoil this episode, but a non-spoiler for the future of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So uh, let's do this. Bye, boom This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's On Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on The Bonus Shows. We now return you to your regularly scheduled Pod Syndicate podcast. Okay, so we have just finished watching Mavis. Mavis or, or Marvith. <laughs> Marvith. Oh, yeah, sorry, yes. The character said Marvith. So we have just finished that's, watching... That's a posh Mavis. It is, isn't it? Yes, it's like, it's like a... What's your name, Marvin? Who's the black private dick who's a sex machine with all the chicks? Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. Who's Shaft? <laughs> yeah. Love Shaft. The name's John Shaft, motherfucker. <laughs> Just doesn't quite have the same. Darn right. <laughs> I know people who say that as well. I remember uh, when I was at university, my friends was like, oh, I love Shaft. And I'm like, well, you're not allowed to because you say it like that. <laughs> I think I say Shaft. <laughs> no, but I bet if you were referring to the film, you wouldn't. I would say Shaft. We've already... Tomato, tomato. May we... Yeah, yeah. If we keep going down this road, yeah. it's going to be four hours. People long. would be like, guys, 60 minutes and you've not talked about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, Hannah, what it's did like you... It's like half ten in... What did... No, it's fine. It's Saturday. We, yeah. we, we've got another 90 minutes in this. Um, so, what... Um, what did you think of the Rural Jura then, Hannah? The Rural Jura? <laughs> I thought it was fabulous. I really enjoyed it. I just felt like it was such a good mix of action and character development, character story, just lovely techniques. I thought the CG has improved so much in this season. Yeah. When you look back in season one, well, it's all the plane stuff. It's when you well, see the planes. Not just that, but the scene where Andrew turns into Lash. Um, they let it cut away, do they? Excellent. Yeah. Like um, they've obviously like their techniques of, you know, changing, um, you know, morphing a face, yeah, metamorphosizing. Um, yes, <laughs> metamorphosis. What is that from? I can't remember. Um, 
anyway, um, yes, I I loved it. I really loved it, actually. I loved it more second time around than I did the first time. And I think this might be my favourite episode so far of season three. It's funny because one of the things that I, I like about the whole um, Marvel post credit scene thing, and they kind of they kind of do that here, where they always have that... You get the actual end of the episode, and then you get the tantalising kind of like, oh, what's going to happen next? Next week um, on Marvel's yeah. Edge. So they kind of get to have their cake and eat it. They get to give you a, um, dare I say it, a sense of completion. Um, but also they get to do that modern TV wanting you to hit watch next episode thing. Mm. Um, and I think that the thing that I like about this episode is although obviously there's a bit of a teaser for what's going to be coming next, it's good to see that they finished up the year, you know, the the because the, obviously there was a three-month gap between this mm. and the next episode with kind of closure. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, it's it, this episode feels like um, a. I mean, the episode before this is called Closure, funny enough. But but okay. this episode, sorry, sorry, I was just what you were saying about the break. So this aired on the eighth of December. Yeah, the next episode would have been March. Yeah, eighth of March. Yeah. That's a fucking long. No, that's time. a standard mid-season break. That is because they I always know, shut but, down for Christmas. But, but that's a really long time. To for it not to be yeah. a season and, end. And, and the traditional thing is that you have a cliffhanger because you want people to come back. And I think that they've realised... They've come up with a, a system now of being able to do both. But the, this episode does feel like a climax. But really, the thing that I liked the most about this episode was I just thought it was a really great piece of action-adventure. Yeah. You know, it was... It was it lent into the sci-fi. It felt very... I mentioned this to you before, but I think that as well as Planet of the Apes... Um, one of the big influences, I think, on this run of episodes is Stargate. Yeah, yes, um, very much The so. film and the TV series. Yeah. Um, a lot of the science fiction ideas and a lot of the imagery is very reminiscent of Stargate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's nice because Stargate is Lots always been... Sand dunes and... Well, it's sort of, Stargate has always been kind of the, the, the Bon Jovi to Star Trek's Bruce Springsteen or the you know the Green Day <laughs> to Star Trek Sex Pistols you know it's it's always been a kind of no oh, <laughs> you know you gave it a good yeah, go yeah yeah you know it's like you've got a great personality <laughs> it's, and it's nice to see it getting um Acknowledge and Ming Na Wen, she was in Stargate, you know, she was a regular. Yeah. So it's, it's, there is a little bit of a connection there as well. I mean, she was in one of the later shows, you know. Mm. Um, but, um, but yeah, so well, should we get into it? Because I think that this yeah, is an episode absolutely. where it, it was, it was, I mean, I don't know why I'm picking up my phone. I have no notes. Yeah. Um, I just, I love the fact that, um, and we will get into it, um, there's, it was funny. Yeah. There was some really, actually, I chuckled a few well, times. Well, what they do, and I noticed this, and I, 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 this was a note I've got for in the episode, but I mean, there's no time at the present, but there's something that I've noticed that they do, and it almost feels like it's a mission statement part of the show. Like they've, they've got it, like all shows have a, have a, uh, a Bible, like a writer's Bible. Yeah. And a lot of the time it's stuff like um, biographical information or stuff that the writers aren't allowed to do with characters because they know that maybe later they're going to go and do something else with them, all this kind of stuff. And um, like, like, for example, on Star Trek The Next Generation, one of the things is that data is never allowed to be given emotions. Right. Um, because that's, 
that's a little bit like you know, um, Voyage is never allowed to find its way back to Earth, right? Because that's the that would kill the show. Yeah, and, and I, uh, but also in writers' bibles, there are stylistic things, and I almost feel like they've got a thing in there where they will pick one or two or maybe three characters and say these characters are going to do comedy stuff in this episode. Yeah, and it's to make sure that they don't forget how much of an important ingredient in the show that is because it's very tempting I would imagine particularly with all the dramatic stuff going on like the stuff with Gemma and Will and you know it's almost as though they've got a and I mean this in the the best possible sense of the word they've got a formula yeah and so for in this episode it's Bobby Mac and Hunter yeah they've got lots of fun bantery stuff yeah so it's almost like the writers are like okay well this and episode Daisy. Daisy uh, has some yeah fun it's stuff. like okay this episode those characters have got that so we need to make sure that and may that, that at least in every other scene that they're in they get to do They've a bit of fun something. stuff and then that way they don't forget about this important ingredients i i sort of find that all of the important story development episodes there is some classic lols you know, yeah, it's tension breaking, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, it's jumping ahead, but the the funniest line was was when they're on the stakeout and um, one of the Inhumans is saying, "Oh, I hope that guy can't read the minds because I don't want anyone knowing what oh, I'm thinking at yeah. the moment." And and um, Lincoln saying to him. Um, oh, let me guess. Are you feeling like an imposter and out of place and you can't do it and you're we not a superhero? Like. And we're all feeling like that. And May going, well, I don't. Because um, <laughs> yeah. it was like, no, of course she wouldn't. Because, you know, as much as she has emotions to overcome and probably needs some serious therapy, um, she's, she she knows she's good at she, what she, she does. She, she knows that she... Uh, does a great job yeah. and is going to go in there and kick some well, asses. The thing, the thing and... about the show is that it doesn't forget that it's a genre show and genre shows need to be entertaining. Mm. And I think that it's when it does humour, subtextually what it's saying is that it's not getting above its station. It knows what it is. It's like, look, you know, we're doing a lot of dramatic stuff. We're doing all this science fiction stuff, but, you know, we're still just a fucking comic book. You know, and it, and it, and it's kind of prideful of that, and and doesn't see that as a bad thing, and celebrates that. And mm. I think that often you'll see a lot in genre science fiction films or horror films where they'll be doing promotion. They're like, "Oh no, we're not really a horror film. We're we're more of of a study of uh, psychosis." Or we're yeah. not really a science fiction film, actually. Really, you know, we might be set in space, but really, what we are is we're a study of. It's like, you know, if you're in space. You're a science fiction film. You exactly. Know? And I think that it's nice when you see a show that sees its genre as... Leans into it. As its best quality, you yeah. know? And, and, and you get that. But, well, let's get into it. Let's get into yeah, it. Because otherwise we'll, we'll be having it it. the longest episode. So we open up on the blue planet. Um, and we cut between... And I think it's funny as well how... It, particularly with you know, t- network TV budgets, it's amazing how much sort of cachets and sort of suspension of disbelief you can get by putting a blue filter and a couple of moons yeah because every so often they'll have a shot where you'll get that alien sort of skyscape 
and you buy it. Yeah. And that's probably not terribly expensive to do. It's basically an optical. I mean, I could probably do that on the com- on, yeah. on the computer. Um, it looks shit, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but but I could. Um, and we, so we get a bit of stuff with um, you know Simmons and Ward on the Blue Planet. Um, they see the wreckage of the Fitz, kind of the um, Fitz and Ward. So, sorry, Fitz and Ward. Um, we we see the um, sort of um, remains of a Hydra-ish structure. Um, and there's a, a, a this was, you mentioned the special effects earlier on. There's a really nice kind of POV shot of um, the plane docking on uh, on the larger carrier. You can't beat a good bit of. POV docking, can you, Hannah? POV docking, yep. it's the way forward. Do not Google that, please. Uh, I would imagine. <laughs> we, 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 get, we get a little bit more of a sense of what's been going on. A, a few of the sort of final bits of the mystery box kind of fall into place here because we also learn, really, that, you know, basically the um, the evil contingent of the ATCU, I can't remember what it's called. ATCU, yeah. Um, that was really Hydra, uh, the powers booth running, was ultimately what their goal was and what they were um, manipulating the ATCU into was so they could stockpile Inhumans as weapons. Yeah. Um, and basically have them being the army for this sort of alien dark force that's going to be coming mm. through. So these um, kind of um, uh, ambered Inhumans, that's that's the sort of what we learn the uh, the use for them is so the, the the purpose. Yeah. Um, so the good guys, the the agents of Shield team, decide that they're going to have to infiltrate the castle. Uh, we learned that the the word Maveth um, is short for death. Both we've both of seen them. Maveth. Maveth. Marvelous. Um, we. This is where I've got my notes about um, how Stargate. Maveth by chocolate. <laughs> how, how Stargate esque <laughs> it is, um, and then we we get a um, a moment where. Um, Fitz um, pops down the hatch to escape from Ward. Sucked off down a hole. Sucked off down a hole. Um, we see Coulson having a uh, a dream um, about uh, his his dead ex, uh, and he wakes up. And, and, uh, and that's a trope that's used in so many things where they have the the little peaceful moment, almost like heaven sequence. Like Harry Potter has it. Um, when he goes up against Voldemort. After, uh, after Buffy kills Angel, she has all of those dreams about being getting married on the beach with him and him yeah. saying, you need to go back now, and she'll wake yeah. up and be yeah. like, you know. Yeah, and, and you get that moment, they go, you need to wake up now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, and, and, yeah. I love that trope. It's, 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 it's a classic genre trope, you're right. Um, I like the when Coulson wakes up and he's like, I'll be damned, Tatooine. Um, yeah. They, they, they use Joey, the um, the inhuman. Joey the inhuman. That's going to be the crappy superhero name, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> to break into the castle. This is the guy we followed a little bit. Um, I like the fact that... Um, oh, God, is it, is it Hunter who refers to them as the Power Rangers, the, the inhumans? Um, and they so so they use him to sort of, like, melt down the things. And then and they use May to kick the piss out of people, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and... Um, that's where we get that moment you mentioned where Joey says that he's scared and May says that she's not. Uh, we see Fitz basically briefs Will. And I can't help but feel, and this is maybe a little bit of the writing showing, that Ward is really stupid letting Will and Fitz walk together. Walk together, Because yeah. he's just like, la, la, la. And they're there, like, clearly conspiring on an escape. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's one of those moments where it's like, yeah, but, you know, we kind of need that to happen. We've only got 40 minutes. We've got all this other shit going on. I mean, I couldn't think of a better way of doing it, but that's that day something that I, did, I couldn't help but notice. Yeah. Um, 
So Simmons finds the Inhumans um, and um, Andrew specifically. He lashes out with that great special effects sequence, as mm. you mentioned. I was, I was um, really impressed with that. And it's funny as well, because we return back to the alien planet. And I've got to say, as somebody who, who's grown up on science fiction, particularly science fiction, uh, television science fiction of the 1970s, is somebody should write a book or do a YouTube video about the history of the use of quarries in science fiction. Yeah. I mean, Blake Seven, Doctor Who, Star Trek, all of these shows... It's like, they're like, right, guys, we need another quarry. I mean, Lord of the Rings as well. There's a quarry about 10 minutes away from our house. And the the modern equivalent of that, well, I say the modern equivalent of that, the the sort of 90s, 2000s equivalent is the um, forest in Canada. Um, Because so many of those sci-fi shows like The X-Files and Stargate uh, were shot in Canada, you know, were shot in Montreal. And they would always go off you know, on Stargate, the joke was every week they'd they'd land on a, they'd go to a different planet for the Stargate, and they'd be in another forest in Canada. Yeah, you know, and it became it's a bit like the um, the polystyrene caves in Next Gen. You know, it's that yeah. sort of uh, you know just it becomes part of the of, of the environment. And um, so Mac, Bobby, and Hunter get to, like I say, they get to do a little bit of comedy stuff with the arm waving to the camera, and I like the fact that like when Bobby goes off to kick ass, and Mac's like. Are we like supposed to wait here? <laughs> like, it's like she's not sure what the etiquette of the situation yeah. is. And um, so May saves Simmons and says that she saw Andrew, uh, which turns out to be a bad idea. Um, Very bad. And yep. uh, well, I mean, and, and Simmons releasing him turns out to be a bad idea because we learn later on in the episode, and she looks a bit kind of like oh, fucking old tough room. So May saves Simmons, uh, and uh, who says that she saw Andrew, um, and does she want to go back for it and May's like no that's not the mission I'm not going to do that uh, Coulson finds Ward um, May um, we learn that May's gone back that, we, I, I found that a bit like I know they have to do it but I found that quite odd because what? Found what odd? May May's a a um, mission follower so yeah. if she's told the mission is to do this and get this person and go, yeah. then that's what she does. So the fact that she does say that that's what she's going to do and then absolutely immediately renege on that. Well, I think she knows that um, Simmons wouldn't go, wouldn't leave. Mm. If she didn't, I know what you mean. I think it's surprising right, okay. that she did it, but I understand. That's that's a good point, I suppose. Like it's just Simmons a- would have stayed with her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... We see the um, uh, one, one thing I thought was a nice little kind of reference is when um, they're wandering around the base and we see some sort of like goop hanging off uh, the side of something. And to me, that felt like they were trying to elicit the original alien. Yeah, I thought that um, too, actually. I think that was a, just a, a and also Ghostbusters. I was waiting for her to get a petri dish out to get, get a <laughs> yeah, sample. Yeah, we see um, my um. Sorry, Coulson and Ward talk about not finding satisfaction in vengeance. And what Ward's saying as well is, and yeah, who knows what this guy even means at this point, but he's talking about how he's always, he's never had um, a calling before. He's always just done things 
kind of as a, a survival instinct reaction. Yeah. You know, he's looking for a father figure and all that. And he starts saying that, you know, finally now he's actually doing, thinks he's doing something he's believing in. Yes, and, and then basically this is where it's all laid out, that the Inhumans are basically an army for this powerful alien. Uh, we see that Mac finally learns how to make the hard call, you know, that yes. he's been talking yeah. about. Uh, and basically what he's saying is, look, you know, I'll stick around here um, just to sort of, um, until the last minute, but if um, Hydra gets to us first, or this big bad comes through the Stargate, yeah. then you know, nuke us from space like in Aliens. You know, um, he says that he wants uh, May like to be the, fact the. That sorry to interrupt you. That um, the others are going, and I think it's important that May's not here for this conversation because I'd said to you in the last episode. I liked how May was like, well, Max in charge now, he's the director, yes sir, blah, blah, blah. Um, You haven't seen the others in the team, their reaction to Mac as director, and their first instinct is to think that they're spitballing ideas. So when Max says, you know... Well, they're used to that dynamic with him, This is what's happening. The fact that they... He calls them out and says, look, this is an order. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like that whole spitballing before it. And they're like, yeah. well, we can do this and this can happen and this is better and da-da-da. And he just shuts it down yeah, yeah. and he goes into director mode yeah. quite seamlessly. And the fact that he says that if he goes, then it'll be May. You know, mm. she'll, she'll yeah. be the person to take yeah. over. Um, I think it's funny as well that when we go back on the planet and that we see Will, or what we think is Will, and Fitz, they see... Um, the remainder of this um, ancient civilization. Yeah. And uh, Fitz says, hey, you know, did, did Gemma not know about this? And he says, she never came this far out into the no-fly zone. And this is another, I think, influence of uh, Planet of the Apes, where, you know, we, we we learn about the ancient human civilization in the forbidden zone and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And he feels very, very kind of... Uh, I mean, it's it's definitely um, taken bits from lots of different classic... Oh, yeah, yeah. And again, again, I'm not saying that critically. It's, it, it, it's a um, nice... It's not a plagiarism. Uh, uh, it's just a nice homage. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the, the writers are highlighting it. You know, they're, they're drawing the your attention to... Well. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so... We, this is where we learn it's not Will, uh, and that basically Will died saving Gemma and was taken over by this dark force. He attacks Fitz. Uh, Coulson shoots him, but this gives Ward a moment to react, and uh, they get into their own little bit of um, sort of scrappy punchy. Um, as Will heads towards the Stargate, we see the mission, the missiles getting ready, the portal's closing, and then we see um, Coulson kill Ward. And we see, I think crucially, we see Fitz watching and sort of like almost like the reaction to oh my gosh i can't believe he's actually killed him yeah 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 Uh, and he leaves his hands they all want to kill him but the fact that he's actually gone through it when the guy's hands were tied yeah yeah you know like they all probably figured that it would happen in like a shootout or something where you can go well you know yeah um but um but i mean you know there's been other times when he's had the opportunity to kill him and he hasn't and then more people have died. Yeah, you know? and and I think that's what Coulson comes to. It's like this is my opportunity. Fuck you, I'm taking it. Yeah, it's a tactical yeah. decision. Um, so they shoot the castle, um, and I think it's interesting as well because I mean I, we'll talk about this uh, later in the season because I don't want to do a spoiler section just for this one thought. No, but it, we, we had um, a bit of feedback. Um, 
and it's okay to say this because the audience now know that the character of Will is dead, uh, a while back saying that um, one of the reasons why season three is often... I can often... find the comment if you want. No, no, it's okay. No, we can't because it's, it's spoilers stuff. Oh, about okay, right. Else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trust me, I've thought about how to frame this. Okay. Um, is that um, one of the reasons why a lot of hardcore Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans see season three as one of the weaker seasons is because of some behind-the-scenes things. The actor who played Will had some personal problems that meant that his storyline had to be ended a lot quicker. And he was originally going to presumably leave the planet and be have a, a large role. I'm not going to say in what way. This, this is where the spoiler comes in. Mm. Um, later for the rest of the season. And now we know that um, because Silver Surfer was it was Silver, it was Silver, Silver Surfer, Surfer yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the uh, YouTube listeners uh, explained this Hannah and I were sort of having a conversation about oh okay we can see how they've changed this we won't get into the specifics of it because there are other storylines that haven't properly played out yet that are affected by it but I just wanted to flag that at this point that you know we, could, we were like oh right okay so that's why right okay and yeah. also if you know that storyline um, that story sorry uh, about those real behind the scenes things you can kind of see where how it would have gone. Where the decisions happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a nice sort of heroic reunion moment as they all come in. It's all very tearful. Um, but there's no will. Um, and uh, there's a moment of um, Simmons, uh, sorry, Fitz looking over at Coulson, still haunted by the fact that he knows that he basically killed somebody in cold yeah. blood. And I think Coulson is feeling that haunting as well. Yeah. Um, and Simmons is crying... I would say equally in relief and regret. So relief that Fitz is safe yeah. and regret that Will's gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a very bittersweet moment for her yeah. um, and hard to kind of reconcile and, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a win for Team Shield, basically, isn't it? I really love how they play it. Yeah, I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. And um, But the stinger scene at the end is we get Powers Booth driving down the road and encountering what appears to be zombie ward. Zombie ward. Um, so, uh, Hannah, anything else you want to say before we uh, we take this home? No, we land I'm, just, the I'm so pleased to be watching this again. Um, I enjoyed that episode more than I did the first time around. Yeah. Um, just loved it. Um, and I just would reiterate to anyone that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is just a TV series that just gets better and better and better as it goes on. Yes, okay, there are are things in season three that that I don't think are their best work, Mm. but to me it doesn't matter because they they are on a trajectory up. They just... Well, they've, they've, got, they've, it, got, they, they've, they've got it locked down. They've got great actors. Well, it's the characters and the actors. Because, and, and writers. Yeah, great yeah, writers. Yeah. And, and what you get there, though, is it's the hangout factor. Yeah. It's the fact that it doesn't matter. And, and the classic, and I, I'm a broken record, the classic example of this is Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm. It doesn't matter if you've got episodes about Riker playing his trombone in his blue pyjamas and Laxana Troy because... You're on the Enterprise with your mates, mm. and that's enough. Yep. <laughs> you know, I I just think they've got such a good cast. The casting directors have 
such a great eye because they have people that just gel so yeah. well together. And even the more established people that are in the show, but people that you forget about, like Powers Booth and um, um, Bill Paxton. Yeah. You know, it's they use these people who... Um, I mean, I'm amazed that like Michael Bean's never shown up. And he feels like somebody who could have who could have been in there, or like Carl Weathers. You know, there's all of these great actors that people have forgotten about, but who were still awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah, hundred percent. And um, and you know, such a great bank of writers and directors yeah. to work on these shows to make them like movie quality yeah. TV. I mean, episodes. I, I mean, it's 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 made it's it's a Marvel production, but also. The creative pool. These are the people who wrote like Firefly and Buffy and Angel and those shows, you know, and 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 the X Files and Prison Break and uh, the leftovers. The, the leftovers, Lots and, of yeah, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's. I mean, there's a lot of. Um, it's a good pedigree, but uh, okay. What's the next episode then, Hannah? Okay, next episode we are going to watch is called Bouncing Back. So this is after the season. Uh, the the christmas break yep. so a um, bit of a reset presumably yep, yep. so um this the synopsis says coulson is more determined than ever to get to gideon malik and put an end to hydra once and for all in the aftermath of his trip to marvith meanwhile daisy and the team encounter more inhumans who have powers like they've never seen before but will they be friends or enemies of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Or frenemies. Or frenemies, yes. It's directed by Ron Underwood mm-hmm. and written by... Me. I wrote this one. No, nope, it's Didn't written by our favourite person, Monica Awusu-Breen. My pen name, nice. <laughs> well, Jesus, I tell you what, you grew here well for the picture. No, no, I just found that. I just It's like I catfished IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, that's it for this week, guys. Don't forget to go over to wearepodsyndicate.com. Keep the emails coming. We love it. Yes, she's, she's drunk. Fuck, every week I thought I'd got. I thought I'd done a week without saying that. <laughs> Rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com. Email us, please. We'll all love see you, you soon. Love you all. Bye-bye. Farewell. is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.